So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me again this morning. This morning um, we have um, some special guests to join us on our programme here on West Limit 102, local radio, to talk to us about um, an organisation that we've often heard about and maybe most of us don't know much about them. So it's a delight for me to welcome on to the programme this morning uh, Diana... Diana Walsh, who's the Fundraising and Outreach Coordinator for Lash Ireland and Northern Ireland. How are you? You're welcome to the programme. Hi, John. How are you? Good. Thank you very much indeed for joining me this morning and joining our listeners. Um, To tell us a little bit about Lash, I suppose the most obvious question is, what is Lash and how did it start? Well, thank you very much for giving us a chance to, to talk about Lars and who we are and what we do. Um, I'm really, really happy to have in the room a few people who represent like, the best of Lars, and it's a privilege for me to share the room with them. Um, I'm in the room with Peter Bravason, who is the Assistance Coordinator for the community in Kilkenny. Uh, also, here we have Madeleine Regan, who is one of our assistants, and Helen O'Shea, who is one of our core members. A core member is a term that we use uh, for what in other organizations would be the residents or the, the users. Um, and the reason why we call them core members is because in large they are really at the center of everything we do. Uh, so to reply to your question, large is an international network of communities where people with and without intellectual disabilities share life together. That's basically who we are. Um, everything that we do implies the work to the, the work together. Everything we do, we do together. We live together, we work together, learn together, have fun together, we hang out together. Um, and that is actually something we're very proud of, especially in a world that kind of pushes to uh, separate every time more and more. Um, in large people with different levels of abilities, different backgrounds, different religions, different languages from different parts of the world with different experiences just get together and enrich each other and that's one of the the things that we consider can be a sign of hope for the world the fact that we are able to join everybody around the idea of togetherness um okay um by the way can i just ask you there um your accent it's not an irish accent (laughs) no it's not no, I'm not Irish myself. I was born in Colombia, um, um, where I lived most of my life. Um, and then I decided to have an experience learning another language. So I went to Australia, and then I met an Irish guy. People advised me not to, but then I met an Irish guy. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. And I fell in love, and here we are. We decided to come home to start a family. And then um, he was involved with the, his family was involved with the opening of the first large community in Ireland. And that's how I got involved with large. Beautiful, beautiful. And by the way, your, 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 your English stroke Irish accent is very good. Thank you very much, Nid, again. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. So, just going back again to how, how did large start? John, it's Peter here speaking now. Hi, Peter. Thanks, uh, Hi. thanks Peter. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, it started in France in 1964 uh, uh, with a man called Jean Vanier, who was a a Mm French-Canadian. He started it on a very small scale. Um, Yeah. Uh, He started it on a very small scale himself, and two men with uh, intellectual disabilities lived in a little house, which he called called L'Arche, 
because it means the Ark in French. And it was in a little village in France near Paris. And from there, it just, without any great plan, it just mushroomed and mushroomed so that it eventually came to Ireland, this movement called L'Arche. And uh, we started the first L'Arche house in Kilmagany, County Kilkenny, in 1978. And Helen here beside me was one of the first people ever in it, in this L'Arche house called Moorfield House, Kilmagany, County Kilkenny. And that's really the beginning of L'Arche, Ireland, and Kilkenny, Kilkenny and Ireland. So therefore... Yeah. soon uh, for our 40th anniversary wow 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 something special coming up this year what it is what sorry John something very special coming up this year well yeah because it's 40 years since uh, Kilkenny began in Kilmagany and uh, 40 is a very symbolic number really uh, certainly a very biblical number 40 years of going through the desert to get to the promised land and 40 days and 40 nights, the rain came down on the ark and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so L'Arche also recognizes the importance of the number 40. And uh, so we're going to have a big party on uh, the 26th of May in Kilmagany County, Kilkenny, to celebrate that we've been around for 40 years. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well done. So when L'Arche came to Ireland in, back in 1978, 40 years ago, I mean, obviously people um, within the communities might not have been, the larger communities I'm speaking about here, uh, might not have been aware of L'Arche and how it operated and so on and so forth. So maybe the first question would be, how were you received when you came to Ireland in 1978? Um, I'm glad to say received very well. Um, a lot of a lot of the reason for that was because Jean Vanier, the man who started L'Arche, was a very charismatic man himself and well able to speak at uh, big events. And um, he also was very friendly with the local bishop of Ossery, of Kilkenny, who was called Peter Birch. And Peter Birch knew a lot about the L'Arche uh, Foundation in France. And he invited Jean Vanier to come to Kilkenny because he felt there was a need for something like L'Arche. Mm-hmm. Um, and the groundswell of, of uh, support was second to none. And certainly in the village of Kilmagani, where they founded the first house, Jean Vanier often says that it was the one large foundation that he remembers in the world where there was no opposition at all Beautiful. to setting up a large house. Because in a lot of the other houses he began, people were very prejudiced against people who were seen to have uh, disabilities. But in um, in Kilkenny, uh, thankfully, that was not the case. And it was a very uh, we were uh, the Larch was very welcomed from the very beginning in Kilmagany and Kilkenny. Um, one one of the things that maybe people might be a little bit interested in is um, how does daily life revolve around in a in a Larch home? Oh, right. Well. I would say it's very simple, generally speaking. Um, nothing uh, too spectacular. Uh, it's basically it's based on the idea of friendship. Uh, all of us together, uh, the assistants and the core members, uh, basically to try and live together as happily as we can. And um, but it's, it's it tries to be a normal 
kind of family life, if you like. Uh, the idea would be to break down the idea of the institution and uh, try to make the place a homely, uh, loving and caring environment for all the people who live in a large house. So it's the normal things, cooking and laundry and cleaning the house and that kind of stuff and going out to uh, outings, picnics, going out to the pub, the odd time, the cinema, the odd time. We try to live as normal a life as possible. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if that answers your question, but... No, it certainly does. Diane might have a word or two here. Okay, I think Diane. maybe Helen and Madeline can help you more with that because of their perspective. Helen as, as a core member and Madeline as the assistant, so I know you guys... Helen, do you want to talk about your experience living in the house? Well, when I was six years of age, I started to school. And then I left Kimmy School and stayed at home for years. I was listening to Ray when I was 13, and I left when I was 16. I was supposed to go to Monster Ever in Kildare when I was 17, but then I seen more than no, no, no. I went into Kansas for five weeks in 71, came home. Then I, I didn't feel well, and... I broke winter sudden and I went back in. Came out again. Then I went to Kimigani when I was 26. And I liked the large Kimigani. But um, I had, since Mammy died, I had hard times. And uh, I went back into Candace uh, in 81. I stayed there for seven whole year. I came out on Chile in 89. And um, I went to Lee and Day in 81. I went to the flash in Lee and Day. Now I'm going to be Shelley. I'm living on my own now. Hannah, thank you so much for that. So have you got very many people living with you in your current house? Just I'm living on my own. Okay. And um, there, there is one of the settings here that is interesting in Kilkenny because we have... One of the big houses where some of the core members live with the assistants, and then uh, just next to it, there are three independent chalets. Four, four, four. Oh, sorry, four of them. Thank you. And Helen has one of them. So, yeah. And so, how does I Helen. Like, I like Michelle. Like <laughs> <laughs> how does Helen spend her day? What do you do every day, Helen? Wednesday and Thursday, I walk in there. Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, I walk in the SOS. Well, every Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and what do sort do? of work do you do, Helen? Helen, <laughs> do you want to tell John what you do when you work here? I just do my laundry sometimes, and I do the tea in my flash. Okay. How about you, Marilyn? Has your experience been in your house? Yeah, so I lived in Moorfield's house my first year here out in Kilmageny. Um I'm also not from Ireland, yeah. if you can't tell by my accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I uh, moved here yeah, to Kilmo, and I lived, uh, there were eight people in total, sometimes nine living in the house, and it's, um, do you know, a normal, like, big farmhouse with a lovely garden, and our garden workshops out there, and I, I really enjoyed living in community. I live now in one of our other houses that's more a guest house, and I'm, I'm full-time in the workshop that we have, our day, our day center here, mm-hmm. um, but it was a really special year that I was able to live with um, with lots of different people. I mean, 
not just people from Ireland, all over the world. And I think that really gave me a great perspective on how to work as a team and how to work together and really how to live um, in community with other people intentionally. Um, and I mean, I, I've done some great things since I moved to large. Like I, I took one of our, our core members um, to Germany this last year. Um, and it was honestly the trip of a lifetime, to say the least. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think um, the life that we all get to live here is something really special. Um, and I would say I'm very lucky to be a part of it. And tell me, I went to, I went to, 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 um, to Spain with Greta, and I had a lovely time with Greta. We went out for lunch and we had tea out. Mm. We went for a big long walk. My feet are sore after it. <laughs> Helen's actually just back today, aren't you, Helen? Yeah. From her nice long holiday. Yeah. And so she might have a bit of jet lag. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. I think I think there is something that we we take for granted here because we have been part of large for so long. But for people who are not familiar to us, it is important for them to know that the care that we provide in large is a holistic care. We have residential houses in which our core members can live, and when they join us, most of the time they stay for life. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, beside the houses, we also have workshops, which are spaces in which the core members can exercise their create their creativity and their skills. So we have different activities in different communities, and it depends on the local context. So we have candle making, we have I don't know arts, we have music, we have different projects depending on the community. And we also have support networks, and, and that's the whole idea of a group of people, uh, the, the building community around our core members. Um, so they are pretty much at the center of, of every single decision we have, and they are at the heart of the networks. So it is because of their gifts that LASH is what it is. And that's really important for people to know, and that's precisely what Madeleine was saying, and Peter and Helen and myself have experienced so much during our time in LASH. People with intellectual disabilities have real gifts that are needed in our societies nowadays. I like Michelle. <laughs> I, I like Michelle. And I wouldn't like anyone to move me out of it. I'm really happy on my own. You're really happy, Helen, yeah? Isn't that wonderful? And, so, and t- so, so do, do LASH have an involvement with the larger community as well, you're saying? Sorry? Yes, we do. We have evolved with the, the community around us. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, half of a lot of the idea of Larsh is that we try to be part of the local community. We're not trying to be anything separate, separatist, or we don't want to live in a cocoon of our own by no means. So uh, yeah, uh, and it's nice that we have a house in the village of Kilmagani. We have a house in the town of Callan, and we have a house out in the country. You know, we've kind of we're all over the place. Uh, but also, we have a cafe uh, in the middle of the town of of Callan which is great for kind of just being a presence in the middle of the town where everybody can come and uh, enjoy a good meal, you know. That kind of thing is important to us because mm-hmm. we there is a danger. We could run the risk of being too much doing our own thing and not enough part of the community yeah, at large. Then you see that uh, uh, the mission that we have in large is making known the gifts of people with intellectual disabilities. And that mission pushes us to go out to the world all the time and make people aware, make people aware of the gifts of people with learning disabilities, intellectual disabilities. Um, and it's only by interacting with people that we can make those gifts known. 
So obviously, as part of our mission, as Peter has said, we have the cafe in other. We have 137 communities in 39 countries. In Ireland we, and Northern Ireland, we have four. We have here one, this one in Kilkenny, one in Cork, one in Dublin, and one in Belfast. And all of us have the mission of going out to the world and let people know that people with disabilities have a gift and they can teach us lots of things that we wouldn't learn otherwise. Um, I think Peter can actually tell you more about Jean, Giovanni's philosophy, philosophy behind this. Uh, he says that it is because we share our lives with people who, who have different abilities. He, uh, he has a, a term that is very popular in his writing, which is um, poor people. It can be read as vulnerable people. When we share our lives with, with vulnerable people, our own vulnerabilities uh, come out and we can start real relationships with one another. The fact that we are surrounded by people who are vulnerable also help us be stronger in some aspects, you know, barriers are taken down, the, the walls are broken down as well. And it is when we share our lives with people from other backgrounds, people who are different in any way, with different sorts of abilities, different contexts, different religions, different ways of thinking. It is by those interactions that we can start real relationships and create a better world. As you mentioned then about religions and so on and so forth, is there a spiritual life as part of the community? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely. Um, uh, in general, in, in Ireland anyway, we would call Larsa Christian community. Um, Jean Vanier himself was a very uh, devout religious man, um, a very strong Catholic himself, um, French-Canadian, as I say. <clears throat> but but Larsa takes its spiritual ethos really from wherever, wherever it lands, so that in Ireland it would be generally Catholic. Um, in 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 England, it'd be more Anglican. Uh, in India, it's very interesting. It's a mixture of Hindu, Muslim, and Christian all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, there would always be a spiritual aspect, but in the West, generally speaking, we would be Christian. And um, although Larsh doesn't have any really heavy philosophy behind it, uh, it does tend to base itself on the basic uh, ideas of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Of the um, of the Bible and of the New Testament in particular, and I would say that one of the key um, phrases from the Gospels is the phrase from the Beatitudes, the first uh, phrase in the Beatitudes, which says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." Mm-hmm. That's very much the ethos that uh, lies behind the large communities. I would say worldwide, and even though there is this religious uh, uh, flavor, let's say, to large communities. Uh, it's not exclusive, so that, for example, um, in my particular role, I'm involved in recruitment of assistants who come here for a year or maybe two years, and we don't specify that you must be a Catholic or a Protestant or a Christian even, but um, we we tend to accept people from all religions and even none, uh, but we do ask them to respect the ethos of the community. And we do have, for example, here in Kilkenny, we would have many times of prayer during the week. And we would ask that people be respectful respectful of these times, whatever their own beliefs are. Thanks, Peter. And you mentioned there about assistance. Um, obviously, you would need the help of assistance from time to time. Tell me how that works or what, what's involved. Um, sorry, John, I'm finding it hard to hear you. Uh, but in terms you of that again? In terms of assistance, um, you need people, obviously, to help you out with your work there. 
Yeah. What sort of work is it? I mean, well, first of all, what, what's the requirement? I mean, what would people need well, to have? And secondly, right, well, right. what sort of work would they be, become involved with? Well, first of all, we, we don't actually want, let's say, qualified people. Like, we're not here to require or to... Um, we don't want nurses and doctors and professionals, really. We're not... Generally speaking, it, it's young people that, that apply, volunteer assistance from other countries. Um, come. That's, that's the nature of my um, job, let's say, uh, is, is to find these people. But um, the requirements are, naturally, we'll have an application process. They'll have to fill out an application form. Uh, we'll have to look through it and see if we feel this person will be suitable to life in L'Arche. They'd have to write an essay about themselves and why they want to come to L'Arche. Um, but um, uh, a lot of the training, let's say, or formation, as we call it, happens as they uh, as they go along. So I'm involved very much in the in the formation of assistants after they arrive here. So I give them basic training in, in various elements of living in a large community, um, and also we will get some professionals in to give other kinds of training as well. So we don't want people to come with a long list of degrees and that kind of thing. It's, um, sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. Uh, but, but um, yeah, so it, it's very wide-ranging. I think that the basic thing is a, is a strong desire for people to work alongside people with intellectual disabilities, to live and to work with them. Uh, and that's, I suppose, the first thing we ask for. Um, everything else is kind of secondary. Even their faith, it would be secondary to that. And, um, and yeah, um, that's the first thing. If we find, for example, that we feel someone is coming from a foreign country just to learn English, for example, in Ireland, that wouldn't be a good enough reason for us to accept an assistant. If that, happen, if that happens to be down the line a bit, oh, and also I'd like to learn a bit of English, mm. that might be possible. But, yeah, we try to get our priorities right. <clears throat> Tell me, one of the things I was um, thinking about there, how is Lars funded? Okay, well, this is, this is where Diane, Diane is the expert here now. Here she goes. Um, most of our funding comes from regular sources, official sources. You can read the HSE. Uh, so we are governmentally funded for the provision of service for the core members. Um, however, that's limited in the sense that it only covers what is service provision. So everything, everything that makes large what it is, is not funded, is not covered. So we have to fundraise for that. So um, things like the formations, the the faith, um, all the activities that we do with the core members, uh, things like the outreach to go out to the world and spread the word about the gifts of people with disabilities, mm-hmm. um, even training for for our staff, training for our leadership team. Um, the the renovation of premises, new vehicles, all those things are not covered. So we have to fundraise for all of those things. And so, if there's some somebody listening here at the moment and would like to make a donation, how how, how could they go about that? Well, there are there are several ways to donate. Um, if people are comfortable donating online, they can do so through our website, uh, which is www.large. You spell large l a r c h e largeireland.org. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be one of the ways. The other one is if they don't feel comfortable doing it online, some people prefer to donate anonymously. 
um, they can contact me and we can arrange an anonymous donation. Or people also um, can find our address online and they can send um, uh, checks. We, we, we're very lucky we received some checks in the post and that really help us with the renovation of the premises, especially that is one of our big topics at the moment. Um, people with disabilities, as all of us, obviously, they, their, na- their needs change over time. We're all getting older. <laughs> None of us, as, as, <laughs> as far as I know, is getting younger. <laughs> I'd like to and, know if anybody else yeah, to you. I know, it would be great. Yeah. Um, but then that means, obviously, some people are more... Um, they, they have more risk to have different illnesses. Uh, some of us would end up in a wheelchair, for instance, and that requires modifications in our houses, modifications in our cars, all of those things. Um, so we really do appreciate donations. Um, but also, at this stage, I think large is, although we have been around for 40 years, our profile has been quite low. We have been very busy doing things right <laughs> and not so busy telling about telling anybody about it. Um, so we are trying to extend our network, reach out to more people. So if there is anybody listening to this who can introduce us to a company who's looking for a partner or can introduce us to a, a foundation or a trust that could help us with any sort of funding, there is anybody who knows somebody who could help us develop our projects or simply get the word out, somebody with a contact in the media, another I, journalist, I, I, I that would be very I much appreciated. I would in a wheelchair. I'd rather be a mule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right um, Sally, could you just give me the address again for those people who mightn't have the internet? Yeah, absolutely. The the physical address is okay. an, yeah, it's Anshil. Um, probably you guys have the spelling better, but A N S I O L Anshil. Okay. Forty two West Street, Callan, County Kilkenny. So that's forty two West Street, Callan, County Kilkenny, and yeah, West the, Street. And the telephone number, the landline telephone number. Zero five six. I'll find that for you. It's. I think it's zero five six seven seven five five four nine four. That's oh five six seven seven five five four nine four. Sounds about right. And of course, we do have our own blog, and and we will be putting all this information up on our own blog. So we'll be doing our little bit to help you. But I want to just ask you just one final question before I think somebody's going to give us a song. But before that. Um, what would you like our listeners to take away with them this morning? It might be their first time in listening to somebody trying to communicate or communicating with us very well, and thank you so much for that, communicating with us what NASH is all about. What, what message would you like to, them to take away with this morning? Probably the message that we would like to communicate is give yourself the chance to share your life with somebody who is different in any way somebody who has a different level of abilities, somebody who has another set of beliefs or another way of thinking, who comes from another country, who speaks another language. Uh, Give yourself the chance to share your life or share a few minutes with that person because it's incredibly enriching. That would be probably the message that we would like to communicate in large. Uh, There is gift in difference, different from what we have been told in the media that we should be... um, kind of pushing strangers away and building walls, and that's that's not the way forward. Um, if we want a better world, we have to give ourselves the chance to share our lives with people who are different. Thank you so much for that. And just one final question. If if somebody wanted to maybe visit Lash, could they do that? Could they call down to... Canada? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, our, our communities are open to visitors. The only thing we have to do is to arrange it up front because of, well, different regulations and things exactly. we have to comply with. But it is possible to visit our communities for certain uh, and our workshops and have dinner with us in the houses. That's also possible. Uh, so if people are interested in doing that, they just have to contact me through our website or through the landline that you already have, um, and we, we will arrange it. As I told you before, we have a community in Cork, one in Dublin, one here in Kilkenny, and one in Belfast. Um, so we are, we are open in all of them. So if I was taking a drive around County Kilkenny one day, I could give you a call and maybe I might get a cup of tea and a biscuit? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. Okay, very, very good. Listen, thank you so much, all of you. It's so much um, help for us all to, to, to give us some idea about about Lars and what it entails and so on and so on. And maybe whetted our appetite a little bit more to find out a little bit more about Lars. So to close yes. off this part of the programme, to close off this interview, is somebody going to sing us a song? Yep, yep, Peter is going to sing a song, yep. Okay. <clears throat> okay, okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, evening, guys. Um, now, um, I just, uh, I suppose I better introduce this song a little bit. Please. Uh, um, it's, it's, um, it was actually a poem I wrote some years ago. But uh, it then became a song, and uh, I wrote a little bit about the song, so I'll just read it to you now before I read, before I uh, sing the song. Uh, this poem, Lying on My Back, it's called, uh, it may subconsciously owe something to Heaven Haven by Jared Manley Hopkins, or Crossing the Bar by Tennyson, but the words came directly as a result of a dream. There was another factor too. Uh, I had recently finished working uh, for my first time and living in the Larsh community in Kilkenny. Now Larsh means the Ark, be it the Ark of the Covenant, the basket of the baby Moses or Noah's Ark. When I was leaving, I was given a present of a picture which depicted a boat in a stormy sea with a godlike captain sitting in the stern while the crew were trying to grapple with the elements and steer the ark to a safe haven. In my dream, I was lying on my back in a green field somewhere and looking up into the deep blue sky. But the sky was the sea upside down, and I saw boats in the sky heading for harbour. I woke with all of these words in my head, and I quickly wrote them down before I forgot them. And later the poem became a song. So I'm going to sing the song now. It's called Prayer Boat, inspired in some way by Larsh. There 
the boat in the eye of the storm. But the captain is wise and the people are warm. This is a prayer boat held in his eye. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome, John. So thank you, Diana, Peter, Helen, and there's one more person. I forgot the name. Madeline. 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 Thank you so much, all of you, for for joining us this morning. And um, maybe if we were to ask you again to join us again, would you you join us again sometime? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. In the meantime, take care. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks to you. Thanks very much. God bless you now, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Joe. Thank you very much.